Welcome back to the podcast. I believe that it is episode 25. So in this episode, I have Aaron Trulure of Raw Beauty Talks on the show. And I'm going to let Erin give you the lowdown about what her platform and her podcast are all about. But essentially, she is about taking her community behind the highlight reel and having unfiltered conversations, unfiltered photos, and just, just real life. Like me, she is about having real conversations about what people are really going through and what you need to do in order to show up as the best version of yourself. And in this episode, so Aaron and I are going to dive into self-love. And before you're like, screw this, I cannot handle another conversation on the internet about self-love. This is not one of those fluffy conversations. I'm like picturing hashtag self-love here. Like this is not what that is about. We're not telling you to stand in front of a mirror every day and say, I love myself. I love my body. I love myself. Like it's not, it's not like that, which by the way, if that's your jam, that's amazing. But today we are diving deep. It is about having real talk about what you need to do to get to a place where you can live your best life in your family, your friendships, your business, just in life in general. And as you guys know, I really believe that in order to get to a place where you are showing up as your best self, and I'm not saying you show up as your best self all the time. I definitely don't show up as my best self all the time at all. But to get to a place where you're, you know, feeling like you are living the type of life that you want to live, you need to do the work on yourself. Like you need to check in with yourself on a regular. And I have shared this before, but I have finally in the last year gotten to a place in my life where I don't allow other people's opinions to impact my decisions. Like when I screw up, I don't beat myself up. You know, when I don't show up as the best wife or the best stepmom or the best mom I can be, I apologize. I own my shit and I, and I move forward. Like I'm just so much kinder to myself and so much more confident than I ever was. And so many of you have asked me how I got here. And at the risk of sounding like a big, huge ball of cheese, it really does come from a place of self-love. Like I am okay with myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And trust me, there is a lot of ugly. And it took me a long time and some major therapy and some major personal development and some really, really tough conversations and tough nights to get here. And today we're diving into that and we're going to provide you with some concrete tools to help you get there too. So like I said, I know there's going to be some of you who are like, mm, yeah, self-love, I might skip this one, Jamie. Please don't. This is a conversation that I really don't want you to miss. All right, let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life, while bringing you along as I create my own. All right, welcome, Erin. I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you. All things self-love. Thank you so much for having me here today. I actually, I hate that word self-love. It's so funny. Even when I hear, even when I hear you say it now, it's what our entire brand is built upon, but it's just like such a funny term. It's such a funny word. 
Don't uh, don't stop listening, audience, because she just said that we're going to talk about self love. I promise it's going to be good. I know, but it's not some like all hearts and sparkles kumbaya thing. Like you actually listen to this episode because it's going to be really good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking of your brand, why don't you, before we really dive into all things self-love, just give us, give us your elevator pitch. Tell me about you, your brand, how everything got started, just so everyone kind of has an idea of what you're all about. Okay, perfect. Well, Raw Beauty Co. is an organization that I created to help women really feel good in their own body. And I think this is such a struggle in today's world, whether it's body image or knowing what food we should be eating for our body or figuring out what the hell even makes us happy. It is a journey to say the least. And so I started Raw Beauty Co., over almost five years ago now, which is crazy. And it began as an interview series and it's changed and morphed over the years as anybody who has a business can understand that that happens. Um, But it started out as an interview series where we photographed women without makeup, photo editing or filters. And we had real raw conversations with them about everything from their beauty plan, to their confidence, um, to their experiences in high school, to what they thought about breast implants and Botox. And we really just dove deep. We cut the surface level stuff. And the interview series got a ton of attention. It was it was released before this was such a big thing. It was kind of only Dove that was starting to branch into this stuff. And so the interview series, I don't know, caught the attention of a lot of people, I guess, at the end of the day, who just like me wanted to see a more realistic version of a woman and who wanted to have those deeper conversations rather than just the surface level ones. So that interview series is where it started and it spun off into a number of awesome brand collaborations and dinners and beautiful discussions with women. And about two years into it, I was just feeling so exhausted by having the same conversation over and over with women who were like kind of happy in their lives, but also knew that there was more and that at the root of all of this was the way that they were feeling about themselves, which was kind of crappy. And so at that point, honestly, like if I can't have another one of these conversations without having some tools to share with women as to how we can move out of this place. So I pushed pause on the interview series. I went back. I did my health coaching certification over the course of a year. I had a couple of kids in there somewhere and sort of built out these programs to help women step into living from a place of self-love. And and yeah, from there, we've branched off and started our podcast, Raw Beauty Talks, and kind of continued the conversation on in that way. Which by the way, your podcast, I love it. It is so good. There's very few podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. I normally kind of pick and choose, but I cannot get enough of it. So I'm going to link it for everyone to check out. Thank you. Yeah, such real conversations. I'm having so much fun doing it. It's really taken me back to where I started and what I really love doing, which is getting to ask all those questions to women who I admire and who inspire me about what is the reality of like they're behind the highlight reel. Yeah. And that's what we're all about here too with, you know, my platform, my platforms for stepmoms and well, not really just stepmoms, but I talk a lot about step parenting and that's primarily my audience, but you know, everything is so perfect online and people either are, are just projecting this perfection that 
I can be guilty of, you know, putting up, you know, a perfect Instagram photo or, or whatever, but there's so much more going on behind the scenes and people are having real feelings and real insecurities and just real, holy shit, what am I even doing in my life moments? And I love that you're talking about that because that's the shit that people need to hear because we are surrounded online by people's highlight reels and people's successes all the time. And it can be so discouraging when that's all you see. Like everyone is just, whether you're a stepmom or you're, you know, an entrepreneur or you're a health coach or whatever it is you're doing. I just feel like everyone is craving those real conversations. And there's a huge shift online right now. Do you notice that? Like there was those really curated feeds and there's still those curated feeds, but now I feel like there's this shift to this more grainy real life on the fly Instagram feeds and yes. people are loving it. Yes. I think Generation Z is all about the, like, they're just, they're not buying into that perfectly curated feed. And I had an interesting conversation with Jillian Harris, who was on the bachelorette because she says like, I love the creative artistic nature of creating a very curated Instagram feed. And yet I use my Instagram stories to show you what's really happening behind the scenes. And she does an incredible job of this. Like her feed is exactly what you would imagine. Bright, beautiful photos, perfect moments, but her stories really tell the whole picture. And I don't want to downplay the fact that there are a lot of people who use Instagram as a creative outlet and that photography is something that they love and they love really encouraging people to live this elevated version of their life that all of us, you know, have within us and that we, we, we want to live up to in moments, but it's still not reality even for those people. And we have to remember that, but it's very hard to, it's very hard to keep that top of mind. And so subconsciously it does impact the way that we view ourselves. I had a guest her name's Sarah Nicole, and she is her Instagram account is the Birds Papaya, which everyone yeah, she was on my podcast. To. Oh, she was! Yay! Yeah. She's a freaking amazing. So she said in her raw interview that something that you know really stuck out to me, and she says we all compare our darkest, most vulnerable, like makeup off at night, looking freaking tired in the mirror. You know, just had an argument with somebody that we love version of ourselves with that glossy edited perfect photo that somebody else is sharing on their highlight reel. We compare the worst version of ourselves, the most vulnerable one to that perfect image. And we're not able to see everyone else's vulnerable moment. So it puts us in a really interesting place and a very vulnerable place where our insecurity can just be fed. It like breeds insecurity, social media. So it's just, it's important to constantly have these reminders and to create space for yourself so that we're not just mindlessly scrolling all the time because it does have an impact on our, on our self-esteem. Well, yeah. And you know, we both know Sam. And so Sam works with me. Sam's good friend. She's worked with you as well. And she did a Ted talk on how you need to be very deliberate about when you consume social media, which I thought was really a great conversation to start too. And it's like, when you feel really, really shitty about yourself or when you just had that fight with your husband or whatever's going on, don't go on your Instagram feed. 
right? Hell no. (laughs) You're going to see everyone else's highlight reel at that time. And you're already feeling really shitty about yourself. Like you have to be very deliberate about when you consume and really pay attention to how you feel when you're looking at people's feeds, because it can go a really, really long way. I know for me, you know, there are a lot of stepmoms who look to me and think that, you know, Darren and I have this perfect blended family life and we've got like step parenting all figured out and I'm even like cracking up thinking about it because, you know, as much as I am a coach and I do provide these tips and strategies and I have come so far and I love sharing those lessons to help people get to the place that we're at now, we still have some real good fights about our co-parenting dynamic or, and I still sometimes feel like I'm good enough until I'm not, or I'm still struggling to find my role as a stepmom. So, you know, even people in the step parenting space, they'll come to my feed and say like, how do you always have such a positive attitude? And I'll read those comments to my husband and he's like, you were a <laughs> bitch like 10 minutes ago. Like, do you want to tell them that? And I'm yes. like, yeah, I do. And that's why I want to, you know, even as this expert, I want, I mean, you like quotes here. I want to share that no one has it together all the time. And I think it's just such a super important conversation that everyone needs to be having. Cause you, you, even though like we all know it, we need these constant reminders. Well, thank you for saying that and for being real with your audience. I think it's a vulnerable place to put yourself in as a coach or as a teacher, but that what you just said is exactly why you're so good at what you do. And the reality is, is that the best coaches, the best therapists, the best counselors, they're all doing their own work too. And that's why they're so good at it is because they, they know how it feels to be in the situation that you're in and they're able to use their own life experiences to figure out the tools and the processes and the steps that are required to move you through that. Also, if we're not growing, if we're not faced with challenge or adversity, then life is super boring. That isn't the reality for anyone. So if any coach is telling you that they've got it all figured out and that their life is perfect, they're lying to you and you should <laughs> go find somebody else right away because that's that's not the reality. Now, they may have figured out one portion of their life. They may have figured out strategies to, you know, create a better relationship with food or to live from a place of self-love or to pay their taxes effectively or to have more well-rounded conversations with their partner. And they can share those things doesn't mean that they've got it figured out in every area of their life. And I truly think that the the best coaches are still they're still working through things. And and it's amazing that you're yeah, being real and honest with people. Well, thank you. And you know what? That kind of brings us back to the whole point of the podcast is the self-love, right? And I know for me, the foundation of where I'm at right now, it really does start with me being okay with myself and setting that foundation with me. Because, and I, I talk about this all the time on my platform, at the end of the day, You can't control how someone else acts. You can't control circumstances that you were raised in. You can't control a lot of the really shitty things that happen to you in your life. You can control your reaction. You can control how you perceive these situations. And if you're ever going to grow and you're going to get to a different place in your life, you have to be committed to doing the work. And that really does start with, that starts with self-love. So Mm. let's dive into like, what does self-love, like what's the definition in you know, in your eyes, what does self-love even mean? 
Yeah. Well, like you said in, you asked it in a perfect way, what's your definition? Because there are so many definitions out there. And I really struggled with the term for a long time because it seemed so fluffy and it conjured up images of like a woman looking at herself in the mirror and just repeating the words, I love you. I love you. I love you about her body. And that just seems so cheesy to me. And also um, I am I'm somebody who's really struggled with food, my relationship with food and body image in high school and in my early twenties. And I know that's a nice concept, but it doesn't necessarily work. It's, it's, it's one part of this process. So I struggled after having my second child with very severe postpartum anxiety and panic attacks. And it came on a little bit later than normal. Um, at about nine months, I was running my Pilates studio, doing my work with Raw Beauty Talks. We have had a three-year-old and then we had Brooklyn and I was just trying to do it all. And I'd set lofty goals for myself and I wasn't about to stop shooting for those work goals, even though I had a baby. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's women out there who can relate. I was just, I was in this like quote unquote, super mom mode running off of adrenaline. And I crashed so hard and my body, I guess I'd stopped listening to the cues my body was giving me to tell me that it was tired, that it needed rest, that I was doing too much. And so it started speaking very loudly in the form of uh, severe anxiety, panic attacks, where I felt like I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I ended up sort of being stuck in bed for most of last summer. I would get up to have breakfast with the kids and then I would have to go back to sleep. And it wasn't that I felt depressed. I was just so exhausted and um, I couldn't, I lost my appetite. I just, uh, and, and the anxiety was just so extreme that it felt hard to get through the day. So I would go back to sleep and I would listen on my headphones to these meditations that would essentially allow me to sort of escape my body to get through this period of time. And then I would wake up again at about four when the kids woke up from their nap to spend the rest of the afternoon with them. And then after they would go to bed, I went back to bed as well. And it was as you can imagine, an incredibly difficult time for my family, for my husband, who was the most incredible source of strength. He literally wore all the hats in our house. But that process really forced me to re-examine what self-love means, meant to to me, and to really go back to the drawing board um, to figure out how to activate it at a time when I felt very little of it for myself. I felt like I can't believe I failed as a mom. I can't believe I failed in work. I'm a horrible wife right now. I, you know, all of the negative thoughts that you can possibly have. And so sort of through the process of healing, I came to realize that for me, self-love is so much more than an emotion that we feel for ourselves. It is not something that we just wake up feeling one day about ourselves. It is not something that we can just think about ourselves. Instead, it is an action. It is a verb that we take towards ourselves. And so when I say that, I, what I really mean is I like to break it down and I use something I call the three C's to describe it. So it's maintaining some curiosity about yourself and about who you are and kind of keeping a 
just a mindset of exploration about yourself, like almost imagining that you are a giant science experiment, that your body is a science experiment and you're figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work, what foods feel good for you, what exercise feels good for you, what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, what triggers anxiety, what makes you feel sad, what makes you feel loved, all of these things. It's, it's this great exploration that we have within ourselves. And the second C is compassion, is remaining compassionate and neutral and kind to ourselves as we figure out who we are as an individual. It's very easy to discover something about ourselves and then to beat ourselves up. Like, for example, I could discover, you know what, I can't actually work 15-hour days while breastfeeding, while trying to be that good, you know, mom who's super present for her three-year-old without having a total crash and burn. And that's effing frustrating because I feel like I'm seeing other moms who are doing that on social media. But to show compassion to myself is to say, okay, hmm, take a deep breath. It's okay, Erin, you're really good at other things. And maybe the fact that you need more rest, maybe the fact that you have to slow down and listen to your body could be a gift. And maybe you can help other women learn to do the same things for themselves too, but that you're really going to have to live this. You're really going to have to practice it. So, okay, let's do this girl. Let's practice. It's that kind of dialogue in your head. And then the third C is commitment to self. And that is the process of really letting your truth shine. So as you use curiosity and self-compassion and you learn who you are as an individual and you uh, figure out what foods work for your body and what form of exercise you like and what kind of relationships you need and if you're introverted or extroverted, that you actually allow space for yourself to show up as that version of yourself. And that can be scary and uncomfortable because you know, we have these preconceived notions of what other people expect from us and society creates nice, neat boxes that we are ideally supposed to fit into. And if you don't fit into that box, then you can feel lonely or like an outsider or super vulnerable. But self-love is really giving yourself space to show up exactly as you are and trusting that in doing that, you are going to create a life where you will have the right relationships surrounding you, where you will have a job that you love, where you will feel joy. And it is not to say that life will be perfect. We all have, we have arguments with the people that we love. We have tension that helps us grow. We have vulnerable moments where we are working in a job and we have to work extra hard. But in general, life just feels like it is in flow versus being constantly a struggle. Hey guys, all right, I'm just going to interrupt this podcast for about two seconds here because I just want to make sure that all of the stepmoms know about the exclusive community for stepmoms that I just launched. So, as most of you know, I write blog posts and post videos all about my experiences as a stepmom and about our blend of family life. I keep it positive, but I don't sugarcoat the challenges, and I'm really here to provide stepmoms with tips and strategies 
so that they can show up as the best stepmom possible. I have an online Facebook group, a public Facebook page, and I'm all over Instagram. And guys, I cannot tell you how many times stepmoms have reached out to me and told me that they really want to engage with my content, but they don't want their husband's ex-wife or their mother-in-law or anyone in their life to see that they're struggling. They don't want their stepkids to stumble across their posts, and I totally understand that. I also have had so many stepmoms say that they have posted on my page or in my group and then someone in their life has literally taken a screenshot and sent it to people in their family, which by the way, I think is so brutal, but that's what happens with social media. It's not private. Anyone can see anything and the internet is forever, even in closed Facebook groups. So knowing that so many stepmoms were struggling and craving that online interaction, but weren't comfortable doing it on social media, I decided to launch an exclusive community for stepmoms. In this community, you get exclusive content that's not shared anywhere else, regular interaction with me and my team, a monthly Q&A where you can ask me anything and everything, and unfiltered conversations all with the purpose of providing you with tips and strategies and a community so that you can show up as the best stepmom possible. And guys, it is all off social media. Even the forum is like a Facebook group, but not on Facebook. It is a private community that only members can access. So if you are craving privacy and support and friendship, and you just want to feel like you're not freaking crazy for feeling the way that you do, check out my online community. All the details are at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. First of all, I just, I love all of that. There's so many things that I just want to go back and unpack on that. The one thing that really you know, resonates with me. You were just saying like, what works for you? Like really like evaluating what is working in your life. And I talk all the time about how I'm so big on checking myself, like every couple months, or even when I'm just feeling a little unaligned or overwhelmed, you know, there's like feeling in your stomach where you're just like, I'm just not loving this right now. I'm big on just checking myself and being like, okay, Jamie, how is it going right now? Like, are you being the type of wife you want to be? Am I being the type of stepmom I want to be? The type of friend, the type of mom, the type of entrepreneur, like really like checking in on all areas of my life and being like, okay, like how is this going right now? Okay, not so great. What am I going to do to tweak that, right? And come up with new strategies because it's always this constant work in progress to figure out like what's working for you and what yes. works for you in one season of your life may not work for you in another. So it's totally okay to reevaluate that. And then to go to what you're talking about with like the compassion, just even being kind to yourself when you screw up because mm. you're going to screw up all the time. And I think that's, we're all so friggin' hard on ourselves. Like even when you're not, like you yelled at your kids or, you know, there was a crazy morning at the house and you were just kind of like losing your shit, right? <laughs> the kids at the door. There's nothing worse than like the kids walk out the door and you're like, mm, that wasn't really the best way to start our day, but I really didn't have a choice because you can only tell someone 25 times to put on your shoes before <laughs> you lose your mind, right? Like that's just kind of 
That's just a breaking point. (laughs) Don't be so hard on yourself when you feel like you were a shitty mom. Just be like, okay, how can we do better next time? Or, you know, a shitty stepmom. Like, how can I do better next time? Or how can I, next time we find ourselves in this situation? Because we all tend to be in the same situations over and over again. Like, let's be honest here. The the stressors that we have are cyclical and they happen over and over again. So how am I going to do it better next time? Can I say something about that cyclical part that you just described? For sure. a coach one time who said, you are on a track and you're going to run that track and run that track and run that track until you figure out a a different way of doing it. So you're going to hit that same obstacle or have that same fight with your husband or have that same challenging morning routine until you are able to pull back from it, take a deep breath again, with compassion for yourself, not like, oh my God, I'm such an F up and da, 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 da. But to say, okay, what, what is, how do I want this to feel? How could this be different? What systems do I need to put in place in order for this to go differently moving forward? And until we start to change the setup, we're going to keep repeating that same cycle because life's giving us an opportunity to grow. Life is literally saying, okay, here's the same, the same thing is happening over and over again. I'm, keep, I'm gonna keep presenting you with this opportunity or this challenge or this relationship until you grow and evolve and figure out a better way of doing it. But it's so interesting how we really just love to take the same challenge and do it over and over again. Like how many of us dated the same guy who did the same things over and over and over again until we said, okay, enough. Like I need, I need something different. And we figured we, we either went to therapy or we, you know, eat, pray, loved ourselves on a, on a trip, or we, you know, it got bad enough that we were forced to make a change. And so if we're able to recognize that we're seeing these same obstacles over and over and over again, for a reason, for our own growth, it becomes less stressful and just kind of like, okay, this is my next, this is my next golden opportunity to make a shift in my life, whether that's a small shift or a big shift. Yeah. You were like my freaking soul sister. Like when you just said <laughs> all of that, I'm like, that is what I am so all about. Cause I say, you know, when I'm talking to stepmoms, I'm saying like the, the problems that you have in your co-parenting relationship or in your marriage or with your stepkids, like it is the same shit over and over and over again. And when you're doing the same thing and responding the same way, you're just going to stay in that same spot. Like, so you need to figure out because they're probably not going to change. Like all of this stuff isn't going away. How are you going to get better at dealing with it? Because this is your reality. Yeah. We're not here to change other people. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, but we're not here to change other people. We are here to evolve ourselves. It's our own journey. And you know, it's way easier to try and change other people. It's a lot harder to look ourselves in the eye and be like, how am I going to change? How am I going to react differently? And I'm not saying if you're in an abusive relationship that you should stay in that relationship and just try and change yourself. Obviously, there's boundaries here. But yeah, there's always opportunity within ourselves to kind of grow and evolve and change. Mm, Yes, for sure. You know, people will say to me, no, but you don't understand my situation. You don't know what I'm dealing with. We're all dealing with, like there's some terrible situations. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, like you truly are in control of your life. Like Mm -hmm. you get to decide how this plays out. Like it's, it's on you. So you can sit around and blame other people and blame other circumstances. That's cool. Like if that's the place where you're at right now, everyone is on their own kind of journey with this. But if you want improvement in your life, you can't sit around and wait for that to happen. 
because yeah. you're going to be, you're going to be sitting on your deathbed at 95 years old being like, Oh, nothing changed. <laughs> yes. it's the same stuff in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And, and it is, it's, Change is hard. Change is really, really hard. And often a lot of the patterns that we get into um, when you really look into it, when you really look into the ways that we self-sabotage or the reasons that we do keep repeating these same scenarios over and over again and that we don't change is that as humans, we are driven to create connection in our life. Like if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, after we've met our needs for safety and housing and food, the next thing that we're looking for is a sense of belonging is, is are those relationships is that community and we require that to survive. So if a change means that we might risk losing our community, that we might risk losing that relationship, that we could isolate ourselves, like we won't do it. It is deeply ingrained within us to, to want to keep that. Now, as we become more aware of that, we can, of course, start to make different choices. But this is why at a subconscious level, we often make choices that aren't necessarily propelling us forward and helping us to self-actualize. It's complicated yeah. stuff. It it's is complicated. complicated. <laughs> is complicated. I'm a big advocate for coaching and therapy because you often can't see your own blind spots. And it is... It's, it can be challenging stuff. So it's like, it's so amazing to have that supportive person who is coming in and not so attached to your shit. For sure. Provide that objective view. Yeah. So moral of the story is get a coach. (laughs) (laughs) So I, we were talking about how, you know, it's not the, like the self-love thing. It's not something that you can just achieve. It's like, okay, yeah. Self-love, got it. Checking the box. I've, I've got it under control. Like it's always a work in progress. So like, I know for me, I have a process for self-love and some days I'm rocking it. And other days I feel like shit. Like, like that's just, you know, it's, it's, it's always a process. Yeah. It's always a work in progress, but like, what does your personal development or self-love process look like? Like, what do you do to kind of make sure that you're always in the space where you're able to practice those three C's? Uh, you know what? Often it's when I slip off <laughs> the self-love path that I'm forced to kind of reevaluate. You know, when things are going well in our life and we feel good, it's not often the time that we're like, yes, I want to dive into this really hard stuff and like dig a bunch of things up. And um, I even find that with my meditation practice. It's usually when things are starting to feel kind of ugh that I am more committed to it. And when I'm feeling really good, I slip off the mat a little bit more and I'm not as dedicated so it's the same with self-love. When I'm feeling good and things are things are going well, um, I'm not thinking about it too much. And when things are feeling sticky. So in my early 20s, what that looked like was a lot of negative self-talk about my body. Um, my relationship with food had nothing to do with my hunger and fullness signals and everything to do with the emotions that I was feeling. So I felt very out of control with my eating and I felt like... I just was constantly on this dieting rotation of like restricting food and then overeating and exercise wasn't that enjoyable for me. It was all about burning calories and making up for the food that I'd eaten before. So that was sort of my roadmap in my early twenties that I had to 
start practicing self-love from. Now, when things start to slip, it's like usually more negative self-talk or comparison, I would say, is what I start to notice creep in. So that can be comparing myself to other people who are in my field. And it's usually when I'm scrolling through social media and I see some mom who's running a business and she's saying that she's making seven figures and da 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 and this and that. And I start going down that path of comparison, which is so sabotaging because it totally takes me out of my own joy and I stop looking at all of the amazing things that I have. And so it's, it's honestly, it's just when I get into that space where I'm not feeling as good in my body, where I'm not feeling strong, I'm feeling more tired, that I go right back to those, those three C's. Okay, what is going on in my life right now? Like, am I, do I have the balance that I need? And when I say balance, it's not a perfect balance. Obviously, it's like, am I getting enough time with my kids right now? Or am I working too much? Or are Scott and I making time to spend with each other where we're not just with the kids? And all of these things. I also had a big shift this year in regards to goal setting. So I've always been a huge goal setter. I thrive on goal setting. I'm that annoying person at New Year's who makes everyone say their goals and birthdays. And I wake up and I have my vision board sitting there. And like my favorite thing was to just have quiet time when I could sit with my goals and create these structures. And what I realized was that in searching for these goals and in trying to achieve them, I was disconnecting from the way that I truly was feeling in my life. So I was going to accomplish these external goals, whether that was a certain dollar amount or having, you know, this house or, you know, building our family, having a cabin, all of these things. And last year, I got to the point where... I had hit that financial number. We had a beautiful home. We had two kids. We had, you know, like all of these external things were checked and I couldn't even get out of bed. I had crashed so hard, as I told you, like all of these external goals that I had wanted to achieve were there, but I felt like crap. And it was this light bulb moment where I realized and you hear it, you hear other people say it all the time, but I sometimes think you have to experience these things for yourself, but none of it matters if you're not feeling a certain way. So for the first time this year, instead of setting goals, my therapist essentially had to force me to do this because it was uncomfortable and I am I, I love my goal setting. But rather than setting goals, I said three words that I wanted to feel this year versus these external motivators. So I want to feel calm. I want to feel healthy and I want to feel creatively expressed. And that's what I'm focusing on this year. And I'm finally at a point where I'm comfortable with it. I went to sit down to make some business goals the other day for Rob Beauty Co. And I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even write down these like random numbers that don't even mean anything. So now even my business goals are objectives that are more about the feeling that I want to create and the relationships that I want to build and what I want to give to other women. And you know, I can't tell you yet whether this is going to work out or if I'm going to be like homeless in a year, but I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> I'll keep okay, I am like dying over here because guess what I do every day, every <laughs> morning, and it changes every day, but I used to be so driven with goals and with setting goals and to-do lists and what I need to do today and all of those things. Yes. Every day I write down, how do I want to feel at the end of this day? Like mm. those are my goals. So sometimes it's, I want to feel productive. Other times it's want to feel relaxed. I want to feel like I've really connected with my family. Like that always changes, but I'm always like, okay, today, how do I want to feel at the very, very end of the day? Because mm. 
at the end of the day, we really do, we set goals because we think these goals are going to elicit these feelings. And many times they don't. So if we really just stay with those feelings and kind of check in with ourselves at the, throughout the day and be like, am I aligned with how I want to be feeling right now? It's actually, it sounds so hocus pocus and people are going to be like, hey, you told me this self-love podcast wasn't going to be all like fluffy, <laughs> but like you guys are getting really feelings he- here, mm. but it's true. It, it really does come down to your feelings. And so to bring it back to like, even when you're struggling in your life or in your relationships, or if you're co-parenting relationship or your business, bring it back, bring it back and set that foundation and check in with yourself and, you know, see what's working, see what's not. Are you feeling the way that you want to be feeling? And for me, that's what I feel like self-love is. Like, that's what the process is, is always checking back to, am I feeling aligned or somewhat aligned? If not, how do I get there? Because at the end of the day, if you're not feeling like that, if you don't have that self-love, when all the bullshit comes at you in life, because we all have our shit, like everyone has their stuff. And you know, even you're talking about how you couldn't get out of bed. Well, your Instagram looks like, you know, you're this like, crazy successful entrepreneur and you know, you have all of these like phenomenal people that you're connected with. So no one would think that you couldn't get out of bed, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone has their stuff. And I think that's A, what we need to remember. But B, unless you're in a place of self-love, when that stress comes your way, you're not going to be equipped to deal with it in the way that you want to deal with it. This is literally the found. We, we need to like reevaluate the hierarchy of needs here because it really does, like it boils down to having that sense of security within yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also just having some tools in your pocket or in your tool belt that can help you get back onto that path. Because I definitely don't think I'm always living from a place of self-love, that I'm always feeling good about myself, that I always look in the mirror and be like, yes, I love my new herniated belly button. Thanks kids. Um, You know, it's just, but I know really quickly, like there's, it's not very fun hanging out in that space. So what do I need to do to get back there? And for me, some things that I've learned about myself is I need time to reflect. So I need time away from my husband and away from my kids, whether that is an afternoon at a coffee shop or when the kids go to bed, I go into my room and I read and I journal and Scott now knows it's not offensive. It doesn't mean I love him. You know what? That Honestly, just taking that time for myself at the end of the day was a bit hard because we'd gotten into this habit of like watching a show after the kids went to bed when they were really young. And you know, you're like, just exhausted. And we'd watch a show together. And that was kind of like the time that we spent with one another. So it was hard for me to start saying like, you know what, I'm going to actually go read or I'm going to go journal because that fills me up more than watching TV because I was worried that I would lose my time with him in doing that. But at the end of the day, that wasn't really great quality time anyways. So now instead we book our weekly date night. We just booked a little weekend away, which is always takes so much freaking planning and work to get it done. But like we make that time for one another. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, something like watching TV every night together. Yeah. You got to do what works for you and you got to be able to say to people in your life, I need to just take this space and give yourself permission to do that. So speaking of your tools, you have a PDF, right? So that people can download 
to help. Like if you're feeling right now, you're listening to this and you're like, okay, guys, self-love. I feel like I'm not quite there. I'm not feeling aligned right now. Something's not going right. Highly recommend a, that you do the, like check in with yourself and figure out like what is actually not working and then make a plan for how you're going to kind of reevaluate that, but also download this PDF. So I'm going to give us a lowdown on it. And then I'll just let everyone know. I will link it in the description of the show so that people can grab their copy if they want to you know, like really dive into this, which I think they should. Yeah. So the, thank you. The handout just describes those three C's in a little bit more detail. And then I ask you 10 questions to kind of help you start on that process of being curious about yourself and learning about yourself. And it's things that you can, you know, as you answer these questions that you can easily start to incorporate in your life to live out that third part, which is commitment to self. So um, yeah, I'll give Jamie the link to that. Or you can also head on over to the Rob Beauty Talks podcast, hit subscribe. The episode that I did, not this last one, but anyways, it's three steps to self-love. It is the first podcast that I did solo. All of my other podcasts have guests and we just, you know, really dive into everything with them all the nitty gritty. Yeah. It's so, it's so, so good. And yeah. So I want to end the podcast with something that you had said on the end of actually that podcast that you're talking about, you were talking about how just life is just so short. And when I heard you say this, I was like, Oh my God, that is so good. And so eye opening. So you were saying women in Canada, their average life is 28,689 days. And you said like your life is ticking. So start living the life you want and a life that you feel proud of. Oh my gosh, I don't know why that hit me so hard. It's like, wow, it just, you know, putting it down into how many days your life is, it's just ticking away. So if you're feeling right now, you're like, life is just, I, I'm not feeling great about how things are going or how I'm feeling. It is, I, I just really want people to understand like, it is entirely possible to get to a different place, even though it feels impossible. It's so possible to get there. You have to just be committed to answering those questions having tough conversations with yourself and, and doing the work. And it, it, it's a work in progress. It's a, it's an everyday thing with ebbs and flows and, you know, shit happens, life's hard, but it's important. It's important. And it gets easier and easier. The more that you do it, it doesn't end it. I mean, I coach and teach this stuff and I'm still obviously working on it myself too, but it is, I think the most important investment that you can make in yourself. I'm not actually doing coaching right now because I'm still giving myself some time and space to fully recover from everything, but there's tons of amazing people out there and you can do so much of this stuff, like grab Gabby Bernstein's book, grab Danielle Laporte's The Desire Map, read, 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 answer questions, get journals. Elena Brower has beautiful journals called Practice You that are amazing resources. You don't have to have a lot of money. You, you just, you just got to find a little bit of time, five minutes every day and tuning into yourself throughout the day and little things like the way that you eat and the way that you move and the conversations that you have. Everyone can do it. And it is, it's just so important. You really do. You only get one life and we need each individual to shine and to show up exactly as the individual that you are. And so start now, please. For sure. And 
make sure in the morning you think about how you want to feel at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, I love it. I'd also love if it, do you have can people leave comments on your podcast somewhere? I can I'd leave love it on, to- on the blog post so if, okay, on my perfect. website on the link to my website. Yeah, I'd love to hear people's the three words that you want to work on cultivating and creating in your life in 2019. If you can share those on those those comments, I'd love to see them. So good. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was so great chatting with you. Yeah, I could talk to you all day. But... <laughs> right back at you. But we've got kids coming home, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.